Greetings, everyone, and welcome to WriteBrain, a podcast about writing and crowdfunded publishing. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WriteBrain podcast. My name is JF Dubois. I'm the author of the science fiction book, The Life Engineered. With me is my friend, the uh, author of the science fiction book, Ageless, Paul Inman. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing great, JF. Thank you for asking. And, you know, I hear you're doing pretty well yourself. Busy, busy bee over there, huh? It's insane. It's crazy. And it's, I mean, it's not all like book related. So in a way, variety is the spice of life. And right now I'm chowing down on habaneros. (laughs) Nice. Um, So, you know, uh, what are you doing that's not book related? We always talk about the books. But before we do that today, let's talk about what you're doing that's not book related. Sure. Um, for example, you said, that, <laughs> you said that you uh, paint miniatures. Is that correct? Yes. So you know how there's different levels of nerds? Uh, sure, and sure I do. <laughs> if you were going to make a movie about, oh, I don't know, a guy who had been a virgin for four decades. Let's call this movie The 40-Year-Old Virgin, for example. It seems, seems familiar to me. And you want to insert a scene that is only there really to highlight how much of a reclusive geek that guy is. Like explain, like this is the activity that explains why this dude hasn't gotten laid in 40 years. You would have him paint toy soldiers. I do that on a competitive level. On a competitive level, I didn't know that existed. That is correct. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. There are look. There are professional levels. I do it on a competitive level, which is more like the Olympics of it. I don't compete for money. I compete for toy prizes. But essentially, I paint little toy soldiers to play in uh, miniature war games. And uh, once a year, me and three of my friends gather together, paint a large amount of these toy soldiers at a very, very high level of quality. We bring them to Chicago to this conference uh, convention tournament called Adepticon. And we showcase our stuff, play some games, drink just everything that's alcoholic. And we, our team tends to win a lot because we put too much effort into these. It's a lot of fun tends to win a lot. Well, That's yeah, good, we've, we've right? gone. Yeah, absolutely. It's just super fun. This is going to be like our sixth year, I think. And we, we've, we've won something every year that we've gone because we put too much effort into it because we're maniacs. But the, the whole painting thing is super Zen. It's my, it's my relaxation. It's what it's, it's what I do to meditate. That's cool. So you said they're like, um, for games, like, um, I forget the name of it. Something like Warhammer 40,000. Warhammer no, 40,000. Exactly. Yes, that, that I is knew it. Exactly. I got the name right. Yeah, but there are dozens of these games. Are there really? Okay. I oh yeah, absolutely. This this is I, just probably one of the best known and biggest one because it's been there for it's been around forever. That's cool. That's pretty awesome. So um, that has nothing to do with books. Good job. Absolutely nothing, <laughs> except for once there are books written about these universes, and I did apply to uh, to write an anthology and never heard back from them again. Ooh, that hurts. Oh, that was that years hurts. ago. That was years. Oh ago. well, maybe you should reapply now that you are. Well, the JF Dubois. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard of me. Um, if, if ever they have open submissions, I'm totally going to jump all over that. Do it. That's a good idea. So um, uh, as far as uh, I'll give you a little bit of non non book stuff for me. Uh, Is it music what? related? Are no, you teaching it's not. the music? No. I awesome. am teaching the music. Yes, I do that every day with the day job. But this is not going to be music related. My daughter is actually... Um, part of a robotics team of uh kids you have who, my interest not yes. not about the kids about the robots gotcha let's, gotcha let's make that well, clear the she's part of a robotics team and they ha- it's called the first lego league so it's like kind of an introduction to robotics okay so um it's for kids between third grade and i believe eighth grade and my daughter's lots in seventh of, grade now lots of mindstorm mindstrom mindstorm things that uh, lego robotics thing that they, they sell i don't know i haven't i haven't been there Oh, what is you it should called? check it out. Mindstorm, I believe, is I can't remember the brand name, but basically, uh, Lego has this kind of robotics sub brand that they do, which is absolutely super cool. Pretty neat. I haven't heard of that. And in fact, they just use regular Legos. They get like a a like um, 
What is it? My wife knows. Hold on. What is it called? EB3? I don't know what that means, but EB3 apparently. So um, anyway, uh, they get like a, uh, I can't, a module, right? And it's like a computer. It's like their brain. They have to hook it up to the computer and they actually program the robots to do certain things, right? And then they build their robot from a, um, from Legos around that module, um, the control module. And uh, they have to run little missions. Well, each year's themed. This year, the theme was um, trash tech, something like that. Trash tech, I think. So anyway, but the, the overall theme of the whole thing was they had to do some uh, project and uh, get their robot to do these little missions that all have to do with like recycling. So um, my my uh, my daughter's team picked pizza boxes because once the pizza boxes get all greasy and yuck from the pizza, they uh, can't be recycled because of the oils. You know, so they were like, let's see, how can we make this better? So the idea of the overall project was they were going to design a reusable pizza box. So they actually designed it and they had somebody look up the patent for it, um, look up to see if there was a patent for anything like that, which there is not. Um, although there may be in the near future now that I'm saying this because of our millions of listeners. Right. So anyway, um, I'm sure someone's jumping on that right now. They are, they have already jumped. By the way, as an aside, yeah, the, uh, Mindstorms Lego, uh, sets, uh, use that EV3 controller. So it's it's essentially that. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it's the same. Then I guess maybe it is then. I don't know, but they just like look like normal Legos to me, I guess. Oh, no, no, they're, they're normal Legos. It's just that these kits come with instructions and games, I guess, and pieces meant to build robots and all the, the, the mechanics and that EV3 controller. Yeah, well, that's kind of why I brought it up because you had, you know, you wrote this book about robots. So I was thinking about it because this past weekend, <clears throat> excuse me, this past weekend, we drove um, a few hours away to our uh, regional competition, and the kids got to compete in the competition. Now, I can say this. They had a great time. We had a lot of fun. There are, te- there are technically four categories. Only one of them is robot performance, and then there's robot design, and then there's your um, actual project presentation about, like I said, they did pizza bo- a reusable pizza box. And then there is what's called core values, which is where they – uh, work, uh, they talk about how they work together and the things that they actually learn from their experience. Okay. So these kids did awesome. They scored almost perfect scores in every category except for one. In fact, they did come in first place with the core values, um, at the competition, the regional competition and JF, you're going to be sad, but robot performance was the one where they lagged in so they unfortunately didn't qualify for states, but the guy who ran the the regional the regional said uh, sent us an email and said, you know, if you could have just scored a few more points in the robot performance, then you guys would have been a shoe in for state because really they only missed two points. Other than that, of the of the other three categories, they only missed two points. You That's I mean? pretty cool. It is very cool. We had a great time. So if you uh, happen to be following on my social media, you saw a few pictures from. I did actually the weekend. I was. Uh... I was kind of almost offended that you didn't tag me on them. I say, hey, Paul does a thing with robots and didn't mention it to me. Yeah, sorry. Well, you know, I I don't know why, but we've been doing this for a while and we've been, you know, buddies for a while and I just haven't thought about it. You know, I just slipped my mind for some reason. You know, robots, we never talk about robots at all. Ever, absolutely ever. But yeah, so, that's my that's my non-book story for this week. <laughs> so going going back to book stories, I I have a I don't I don't even know if it's worth telling as much as an anecdote because I've been writing and I, I usually hate when people do that because I want to read people's books, not hear anecdotes about them writing their books. Um but today I was writing uh the sequel to The Life Engineered. And I remember mentioning that to d- during this sword laser, pa- laser panel I was a guest on back in the summer at a, a Nertacular that in the second book, maybe there would be some, um, how did Veronica mention it? Like, so, uh, let's keep it clean here, but some, some robot, um, hanky panky. Oh as no. Americans say. Oh no. And <laughs> the way the story is evolving Veronica would be very disappointed. <laughs> oh, so no hanky-panky, huh? No, because it doesn't work. Why no. would it 
No, and it's not like I'm not I, I I'm not I can't shoehorn anything into a story. It has to flow naturally. And the way I'm trying to ride these robots, they have I mean, obviously I'm using technology that's impossible and akin to magic, but it still needs to make some kind of philosophical sense. And there's no reason why artificial creatures like robots, mechanical beings, would need any anything like that. Any kind of, you know, no fornication, sex, huh? no fornication, no sexual reproduction, nothing like that. So, and there's well, that makes no sense to me. There's no hormonal drive behind it. There's no reproductive drive. There's no reason for it, which opens up some interesting avenues for uh, for conflict. But there will not be any. Um, I will not be writing any uh, any robo dongs um, doing anything <laughs> to any robo hooch. No, no robot smut. Then no, no robot smut. <laughs> well, I I am on board with you. I think that's a good idea because uh, explaining why that the, the hows and whys would be weird. I think could but, be but, weird. I guess. But the reason I'm bringing it, bringing it up is because in a way, it's not that I didn't try. I mean, I never sat down and wrote a robot sex scene. Well, not for this book, but I did write the story with an open mind to whether or not it could go in that direction. Okay. Not, I didn't, I, I didn't just close the door, nor did I try to shoehorn it, hand, shoehorn it in to try to make it fit. But at the same time, I wrote the story, having the relationship between the characters being open to that possibility, it's just the way my universe is built, it just doesn't work. There's no drive towards it. So, um, I guess I'm my book's not going to get um featured on vaginal fest- fantasies anytime soon. Wow, I did not need to hear that. Wait, you, what? That's a podcast. Uh, I well, hey, there you go. A, I did a, not know that actually. It's a Geek and Sundry podcast with uh, Felicia Day, Veronica Belmont, Bunny Oh, Burton. oh, that one. I Yeah, I forgot the name of that one. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Sorry, I don't know. I haven't listened to it ever. Is it really good? I've listened to one episode. I don't really read that kind of book, but it is it is hilarious to hear uh, those girls talk about it, though. It's an, inter- it's an uh, entertaining podcast. It just Since I don't read the books, I barely have time to read. I don't, I don't have the time to read all the books of the two book clubs I'm already in. So I certainly cannot read a third one. So not knowing exactly what you're talking about, sometimes you kind of miss on the discussion. Right. But it's, I mean, it's an inter- interesting listen. I, I listened to an episode and I thought, man, if I could find something with the same dynamic, but for books that are more interesting to me. But then if again, I don't think you could get that kind of dynamic for just plain science fiction or fantasy right. or documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of what i is what i read so uh speaking of reading you were telling me you were doing some reading not just writing but reading which is great you know we're always i'm always down to hear what you're reading now i'm not going to uh ask you to be specific but you were telling me that you are doing some reading not just for um recreation i yeah and it's this <laughs> is super fun that I can't. I can tell you I'm reading Ageless. Oh, you are? Okay. Yes. Um, well, I kind of knew that because I gave it to you. <laughs> yes. So I, 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 haven't, I haven't cracked it open yet because I need to finish reading another thing first. No worries. Um, whenever, you, whenever you want, man. I have, I have a better read I'm involved in and I, I have Ageless. I, I haven't. And it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's very much a catch-22 because on one end, there is a book. There's a specific book called Superintelligence that I want to read, that I need to read because I want to understand the author's perspective on the quote-unquote warnings about artificial intelligence. One of my pet peeves in science fiction is that everybody thinks the robots are going to take over. But and I wrote, I wrote a blog post about it. I'm probably going to write a much more comprehensive essay at some point. I think that it is absolutely illogical for robots to turn against humanity. It's a super cool sci-fi conceit. It's just not likely. And I have a ton of reasons for that, but whatever. So I like to read books that are counter to that argument, that are not just science fiction, but actually try to reason why the robots are going to try to kill us. So then I can poke holes in those arguments. <laughs> so um, you're not on board with the um, with the... Well, I can't remember who it was now, but uh, was it e- Elon Musk? 
Or no, oh, who was well, Yeah, I know. Actually, like three of our smartest technological thinkers uh, all came out saying, watch out for the, uh, for the robots. Uh, amongst them was uh, Elon Musk, um, Stephen Hawking, who's Stephen Hawking sl- is the other one I was slowly to turning into a very, very afraid old man because he said the same thing about aliens, hmm. and Bill Gates, of all people. And Interesting. The thing is, as a dumb graphic I designer, I technically have no place in that dis- in that discussion. I have there's no room for me in actually arguing with these three way more intelligent gentlemen. I still think they're goddamn wrong. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you know, I guess we will we shall see. I don't have an opinion, but I do agree that it makes for interesting storytelling from uh, you know for things like Terminator, for example, or The Matrix. I think that's an interesting storytelling absolutely but here's the thing though as as a caveat like uh, recently uh, elon musk and a bunch of other really really rich people got together and tossed a billion dollar pledge to fund a company called OpenAI, which is supposed to be the a kind of think tank to prevent the robopocalypse but also that's a great term I didn't. I didn't come up with it. Oh, you didn't? No, I hadn't heard it before. It's funny. But the, the the whole point of company, which is really cool, is is obviously the what they're saying is to prevent robot apocalypse or whatever the, the robot takeover, Skynet, whatever you want to call it. But the the way you, if you read the mission statement, it's a lot more complex and a lot richer in the sense that it the idea is to bring together all the resources and knowledge and philosophies about artificial intelligence not necessarily to prevent it but to make sure that when it happens it happens in a way that's beneficial to human beings and in in a way make it happen even faster but in a controlled environment so i'm i'm all in favor of that kind of initiative it's not based completely in fear and it actually encourages artificial intelligence in going forward and going forward in a way that's going to be awesome. Oh, that's cool. You know, I just was thinking, um, in some ways, I, I now I haven't read The Life Engineered, for those of you listening, so I don't know. But uh, as from what I read, the, the little bit of things that I have read, in some ways, aren't the, haven't the robots taken over in The Life Engineer? Could it be, could it be, could it be, perceived that way Mm. it's it's an interesting question because the life engineer itself doesn't really tell the story of the relationship between humans and robots there i knew that yeah yeah one of the one of the things that's i find fun about the life engineer is that there's very few humans involved the humans are mentioned but they're they're the MacGuffin in a way right um they're the your crystal overarching, skull. Yes. Um, <laughs> maybe. No. <laughs> no, my book is not bad. I've no, that's told. not what I meant. <laughs> but the overarching story of the series that the Life Engineered is the first book of does tell the story of the relationship <laughs> between humans and robots. And I mean, I could say what it is. No, but don't do that. At the same I time, I don't want to. No, I don't want you to because I actually want to read read them all and find out on my own. I like the discovery. That's what I love about stories and reading and stuff, the discovery. So don't ruin it for me because I you know, for a while there I was pretty like I wanted the spoilers in my life for everything, books, movies, comic books, all that stuff. But uh that, you know, that was when I was a much younger person and I was very impatient. Now I'm just a little bit more patient, so <laughs> I don't like the spoilers anymore. At some point, we should have the spoiler discussion because that's that's a um, that's an interesting subject. So, how about you? Have uh, do you read? You you are literate, I assume, uh, since you wrote I a am. book. I, I am barely, barely. Uh, yeah, right now I'm actually not reading anything, but I'm glad that you brought it up because today, uh, today we're co- recording on Tuesday, the 26th, okay, of January. Today, one of my good friends from high school has a novel coming out. Today is the book birthday, if you want to think of it that way, um, of a rewrite of her first actual book. And uh, it's called The Siren. 
And so she has, uh, she's on uh, Harper Teen, and she's put out a whole series of novels um, set in the same universe. But this particular book, uh, she produced on her own first and put out, and I think she only made like, I don't know, when you do a, your own your own production, maybe 2,000 copies or something like that. This was before uh, uh, Create Space. Is that what it's called? I can't remember. Amazon's? But yeah, Create Space. Um, that's before it was a, a really big popular thing. So she actually purchased 2,000 actual copies, put it on Amazon to sell. You know what I mean? Um, so it wasn't, you know, like a one-off, a print as you buy, you know. So uh, then she got signed tarpertine and wrote this other series and they went back and revisited her first book and were like yeah this is great let's do some revisions and let's get it out there so this is her first professional if you will book um outside of her series that she has become pretty famous for i mean she sold millions of copies i mean she's uh awesome i know she's been approached uh they've actually have made two pilots for the CW of all networks um, to uh, to produce her stories. Um, but both pilots were not picked up, unfortunately. So, And uh, the movie rights are out there right now. And she says she she hints at it every once in a while, but she's not really she's not solid on anything. So I don't know how that's going, but that's pretty cool. So today's her book birthday. So um, I am not reading anything right now, but I thought that was an interesting side story. So. If you want to purchase it, JF, or anyone listening, it's called um, The Siren by Kira Cass. The Siren, Kira Cass. Definitely curious about it because that's, uh, that, that's the person that you, you looked at her work as a published author and mm-hmm. you, you reductively said, if she can do it, I can do it. Right, but I mean – Which at that- is – Go ahead. Rude, man. It is. It is. But at that point, let's be honest here. Now, at that point, she had self-produced um, the book that's actually coming out now. The the I guess first version, or you know, the first print. I mean, not. I guess it's not first print because it has been revised. So whatever. But um, yeah, you know, she had done it herself, and I was like, I can do that. And then I couldn't do it for a while. And then I was like, Yeah, I can do this. I'm gonna. I just gotta make myself do it. You know. So. Um, it was harder than I thought, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy for her. And, uh, she's actually doing a book tour right now. She's starting to, in fact, right now while we're recording, she's probably somewhere in a bookstore near where her house, cause she's starting where she, in the city she lives in and she'll be traveling all across the United States for the next two weeks, maybe week and a half, two weeks. You know crazy. Let's talk about that about a bit more in our third segment. That sounds I want to talk me. about books, but then the, I, I want to get more of your opinion about, some of the general trappings of what happens once you have a book published, because all of it terrifies me. Yes, that sounds good. So, um, but yeah, like you said, let's save that till later. Uh, let's talk about you books, start you man. Start? I can, I can start. I can start. Okay, you go for it. Let me just pull up my book. So, the book I am reviewing today is called "The Inhabitants: An Unremembered Life" by Michael Sebi. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I probably am not. We are notorious for that, of just pronouncing everything completely wrong. As, it's good. As, most what? of our community, most of our contact with our uh, our community is based uh, is based on people correcting us. Yes, exactly. We found out last week from John Robin that, you know, I, I mean, or I found out, I guess I should say, that um, I pronounced yeah, like everything wrong. His name is pronounced wrong. John Robin. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, if we're messing up your stuff, sorry. We're doing our best. You can get over it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, just send, send done, us right? the phonetic pronunciation and uh, we'll go. Anyways, um, so The uh, the Inhabitants by, uh, by uh, Michael Sebi. Uh, a narcoleptic man's dreams are bleeding into his reality, forcing him to face a tragic past. As he makes sense of the dream underworld, he uncovers some startling th- truths. I look back in the day when I first, uh, when I first saw these things like The Matrix, any any of these movies or things like Inception, any of these movies or stories where reality is somewhat permeable interests me. Where you can have that sort of where there's this doubt during the entire story that you are not sure what is true and what is not. 
when it's well done, well written, and the conceit is interesting, like in the Matrix, it's the machine. Uh, in Inception, it's you know, different levels of dreams. There's when when it's well done, there's a good conceit where it's simple to understand what's going on, but not as simple to understand where your footing should be in the story. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff. You know, that kind of reminds me of like um, uh, Donnie Darko, sort of. Yes, Doc, yeah. Donnie Darko is classic for yeah, for that, that's a good one. that genre. So basically, this is this is kind of what Michael is doing with the uh, the inhabitants. And it's supposed to be the first book in a series. I'll read you a bit more of the st- stuff he's got on his page so that you can get a good flavor for it. But being that it's this kind of book, it's kind of hard. I, I He doesn't give a uh, what I would call a concise. No, he gives a good synopsis. But at the same time, it's it's vague because it needs to be vague for that kind of story. Yeah, I'm OK so, with uh, that. I'm on board with that. So intended as the first part of a series of novel. This book follows a narcoleptic man by the name of Jacob Mason, who tries to make sense of a seemingly unending chain of mind-bending dreams, most of which are unpleasant. While these dreams may seem like a curse, they begin to get twisted with reality and lead him to to unexpected places that will help him deal with a tragedy that has been plaguing him for years. In his journey for redemption, he learns of a larger underlying scheme that changes his perception of the world. The story deals with the pain of loss, the joy of redemption, the sadness of isolation, the intrigue of the unknown, and the complicated pursuit of love. And believe me, it gets complicated. <laughs> that's this, kind of a funny yeah. thing to put in right there. <laughs> so I kind of wonder what that's all about. I'm like, it's funny because I haven't read much. I haven't read his, his, uh, the, the, the samples he has yet. He's got a sample of chapter one. I haven't delved mm-hmm. into it because I'm not sure I want to touch it. But just what I've read to you so far already has me like theorizing about what to kind of expect, which is usually good because when I theorize for these things, either I'm right and really smug about it or I'm pleasantly surprised, but I'm wrong, but I don't care because I've been surprised and that's always entertaining. Cool. Another story that feels a bit in the same genre. I don't know if you've seen the movie uh, Dark City. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time ago, though. A long, like, uh, who was in it? Um, I, I remember. I can't remember. I know Jennifer Connelly was in it. Yeah, and... that was one of her first movies or something. Well, no, I guess it wasn't one of her no. first. But, <laughs> no, but that was pretty early on in her career, though. Yeah. I, I remember. I've seen it. She's timeless. And, uh, oh, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland plays very off type for him. Mm -hmm. He plays this weird little meekish scientist. It's, it's a, it's a great movie, but it's got this, it's got this also weird theme of, of these, of nightmares and people who have a past and this kind of flexible reality, if you will. In 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 Dark City, it translates into something very literal as far as flexible reality. But in what what looks to be the case in the inhabitants is much more a, I what I expected to see. And hey, if I'm wrong, so be it. I don't care. But what I expect to see is a certain point is whether like uh, the the injection of doubt, whether the dreams he's having, those unpleasant dreams, are Vader reality? Is the reality the reality, or is that the dream? Is that's that's where I want to see. And I, I'm I'm wondering if the complication for the love story is whether or not like the uh, the, 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 the sort of the, the pursuit of his love is sort of two faced. One in the dream world, one in reality, and how they intertwine. I, I I see a lot of promise of fun, complex themes. Now, in a way, maybe that's putting a lot of pressure on on the, and a lot of expectations on the book. Maybe. So I'm hoping I'm hoping Michael can deliver. So I'm, I'm probably will read the first chapter just to get a feel of his his level of writing. But so far, what I'm seeing just in the descriptions is, is very uh, very intriguing. And knowing what we know about the uh, the Ink Shares editing process, I I kind of really want him to get to 750 because that way. Any any doubt as to the quality of the final product will be removed from me. I'm excited. I think this looks great. As a matter of fact, I want to order it, but right now I do not have any money. But I will order this one because I really uh, this this is right up my alley. I love this kind of stuff. I'm actually clicking to pre-order it right now. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad all, that you have also, the monies. I don't have the credits. Oh, okay. Well, hey, I don't have any more credits, but. Well, neither do I now. Oh, well, hey, you spent wisely that last um, little yeah. bit of credits. You spent wisely. This one sounds like it's going to be great. And I'll tell you, um, plenty of time left. More than three months, 95 days. And, and he's already uh, at almost 100. Uh, he has 85 pre-orders. 86 with yours, right? Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, well on well on your way. And I think this book is going to be fantastic, actually. I, uh, it looks good. Yeah, as you were... Um, as you were talking there, I was just scanning through the rest of the the page, which is actually pretty pretty well organized, I think. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, like we've often done and recommended, I would probably put the uh, the synopsis for first and foremost before any other description. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the synopsis is there; it's available, and it's not too far down. And he's got all the all the basic elements: he's got a sample chapter, he's got a book trailer, uh, and about the book. And I mean, all the information is there. It's just not in what we, in our elitist kind of mindset, have decided should be the proper order. But I mean, it's not like we're experts or anything. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I'm yeah. Totally. Don't listen to me for anything because I'm not good at this stuff. I'm trying to be good, though, but I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's maybe not an opinion I can form for myself or, or of myself, maybe I should say, um, because I'm sure if you look at my page, it's just trashed. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, if you haven't pre-ordered, maybe look into it because um, the inhabitants and unremembered life. See, even the, even the uh, even the title gets me intrigued An unremembered life. I'm like, what is that about? Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. So I'm, I'm very confident it'll get to 250. I really want to get to 750, but time will tell. Hopefully people listening here will be as intrigued as we are. Go pre-order and push it just a bit further towards that goal. Yes, do that. And, uh, you know, my turn, I guess. So let's, uh, yeah, you, you have something special. Yes. Um, I have a book called Disintegration, which is by Steve Soldweedle. I'm sorry, Steve, if I messed that up. Steve sold sold Weedle. There's Weedle. no that looks way like you're not massacring that. Sold Weedell? I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, Steve. Uh, but this this book, Disintegration, is actually uh, has already qualified for for Quill if um, he so decides. But there's plenty of time left. Um, 115 days, and uh, in fact, I uh, follow him. In fact, I've already pre-ordered Disintegration. So, so uh, have I. I, I uh, actually, uh, Steve is during the the, the right uh, during the reviewathon. I I think I I I, uh, I did a thing where I raffled off some prints and he won them, and I still have to send them to him because I'm dumb and I I packed the prints away and I had to unpack them over the weekend. Oh, okay. Well, um, Steve, they're so, coming. So I I owe Steve. Yeah, JF said he's going to get you those prints immediately right jam <laughs> as yeah as, as immediate as, as it could be right <laughs> as soon as i can get to a, a post office i feel terrible <laughs> but no uh, well, I, I did i did pre-order his book too because if i was interesting but go on i, I cut yeah. you off there no 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 worries i was just gonna say that uh you know he i follow him or well i pre-ordered so i get his updates and recently he updated and he said you know what quill's just not good enough he wants to get there so for those of you listening if you haven't pre-ordered maybe uh this will convince you to pre-order and help Steve, um, get to where he wants to be for disintegration. So real quick, the, um, elevator pitch here, a group of soldiers are thrown together on a mission to raid the enemy stronghold and make off with a uh, precious resource. Oh man. Why do I always pick the one with the names? Cause it amuses me. Uh, our, our Ray. Uh, I guess I'm just going to say our, our Leon, Ari Lon, Ray suspects it's a sui- suspects it's a suicide mission, but it is just the beginning of a much greater adventure. So, uh, sounds pretty good actually. Let's um, if you scroll down the page, uh, I'll read. Uh, he's got a thing here that says, "I love I love that he's got his elevator pitch." Right, which we, is we not tend what not I did. To do that. You know what's funny is I just read what I at the top of the page here. I don't know what you would call this, but I thought it was the elevator pitch, and then I scroll down and he's got elevator pitch. Sorry about that. So I'll read elevator pitch. Actually, elevator pitch now. If you're on the page and you're looking, you're playing along at home, then I was wrong. I'm sorry. 
Disintegration is part Operation Valkyrie and part Aliens. It is part Elmore Leonard and part Arthur C. Clarke. It is an action-adventure odyssey tale with a dash of pulp fiction, featuring a richly detailed ensemble cast. It is about perseverance in the wake of an apocalypse and the will to defy the alien threat of human extermination. Sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, not actually, but I pre-ordered. I mean, of course, I already thought it sounded good. But I mean, when I'm reading it, I'm impressing myself over here. That's awesome. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, like, I, I, Operation Valkyrie and Elmore Leonard don't really resonate that much with me. Like, I don't, I just don't know that much about either this that this person or this uh, movie. I guess. Yeah. But Aliens is by far one of my favorite movies. Of all yeah, time. it's great, great movie. And Arthur C. Clarke. By far one of my favorite science fiction authors of all time. Awesome. Great. So great author. these are things that resonate with me very strongly. And that's 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 why I kind of pointed out the that's the elevator pitch, because it's got this whole part this, part that, like I do with uh with God and Shed a bit, like the the kind of executive Hollywood pitch, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And as much as I hate doing it for my own books. It kind of works because that's what got me attracted to to disintegration is seeing like those names, seeing aliens, Arthur C. Clarke. Okay, you you've got my attention now. Yeah, I mean definitely. Um, and like I said, when I was when I first pre ordered this, obviously scro- scrolling through this stuff, it caught my attention too. So if these are things that you like, we're trying to help you know, pinpoint some of these books. That's what we do each week, you know, so you can, if you listen to this podcast, you can say, Hey, you know what? That sounds pretty awesome. I think I want to get that. Um, so, uh, as you scroll down some more, I want to read the back of the book. He's got a, uh, the back cover of the book. He's got a little section titled the back cover of the book. I want to get into this a little more so you can get a little bit more, a little bit more in, uh, I don't know, story, I guess. So, um, it, it says disorder, decay, disintegration in the future 183 years after a worldwide nuclear holocaust and the collapse of human civilization earth is locked in a lumbering war of attrition it began just before the dawn of artificial intelligence intelligence there you go jf just before the dawn two aliens of different races derek marseille and iraq matar Dang it with these words. <laughs> I love it. With a third species, the Korans in cryogenic tow arrived on a, mi- on a mission with two satisfactory outcomes. Prevent the singularity or eliminate the humans if they will not abandon their technological folly. Even without the extraterrestrial influence, strong ideological objections to the perversity of genetic and bio biomechanical engineering. Sorry about that. And to the and to artificial intelligence further inflamed an already raging worldwide religious war. The introduction of new alien species to Earth only exact exact sir, oh god Lord I can't read tonight exacerbated exacerbated exactly no you got it <laughs> yeah exacerbated the extreme fatalism that had gripped humanity. The bombs came. They leveled the cities. London. Paris, Moscow, Beijing, New York, San Francisco, so many more. The world billowed with mushroom clouds from the atomic blitzkrieg. Everyone with a grudge and an arsenal let loose. No one was clear who had attacked whom. Delhi, Lahore. uh, Yeah, Lahore? Where's that? Do you know? No. No. I'm terrible at geography, so yeah, me worst uh, person to ask. <laughs> I mean, I know you're in Canada. That's about as you know, it's about as much as I got here. I teach music. Mm-hmm. And, Come on, and you're yeah, and you're in South South Canada, right? So, yeah, pretty much South Canada. Yeah, that's what they call us now in the U.S. <laughs> Ten billion humans were reduced to two billion in three days. Ten billion. We've we've really grown. Nuclear winter blanketed the planet. Nearly everything died. The animals, the plants. Hundreds of millions more humans. Disorder, decay, disintegration. 183 years later, weary of war and death, Marseille, estranged from his co-conspirator, Matar, sets a plan in motion. Order, 
rejuvenation, reintegration, but first, assassination. So as I was reading that, I remembered um, reading the uh, first chapter or or most of the first chapter, or maybe it's two chapters. I don't remember at this point, but I was like, yeah, I like this. And then I pre-ordered because I like it. And if you don't like it, then uh, you're not a nice person. That's what I got to say about that. You're aggressive tonight. I'm very aggressive tonight. It's because, uh, you know, it's somebody's book birthday and it's not mine. Oh, okay. Jealousy. <laughs> jealousy. Jealousy. Any any negative emotion like jealousy or anger can always be fueled as, uh, channeled as fuel for your own creative endeavors. That's right. So look, look at your jealousy uh, and as something to... Uh, some, something of a challenge. Paths yeah, to uh, the dark side. <laughs> sure, absolutely. But, you know, dark side gets things done. That's right. So disintegration is, like, I, I already had pre-ordered it a while ago. And <laughs> recently, uh, Inkshare has introduced the bookshelf feature on mm-hmm. our pages, which is great because I think we've been asking for something similar for a oh, while. Because... Yeah. Especially people like maybe you or and me and other people that accrued a lot of credit through referrals and through our campaigning, mm-hmm. we tend to pre-order a lot of books. And I tend not to remember everything I pre-ordered. But recently, since they added the bookshelf, which separates the books that you're following, the ones that you, you've purchased and received, the ones that you've pre-ordered and are still funding, you can go browse these things. So I browsed all the books I pre-ordered. And... If they all fund, I am going to have such an awesome looking library. Yeah, you know what? I have a lot too. I'm, I, I, uh, in fact, there are some on here that I have not talked about on our podcast. Maybe I should because I got them and I like them. So, uh, anyway, yeah, that bookshelf feature is pretty awesome, which, uh, kind of is not a great segue into our next segment, but, um, pick up disintegration if you haven't, if you haven't. Um, Steve, sorry about butchering all the names, including your own last name, but uh, we wish you luck. And um, uh, Michael, we also wish you luck. And uh, we're looking forward to adding those to our bookshelves, our our physical bookshelf when you get published with Inkshares. So, um, JF, now that we're uh, uh, segued, sort of, (laughs) let's talk about things and stuff. Right. So earlier we were talking about the um, we're talking about the the, the fact that your friend is on, on a book tour. At the yep. same time, I'm preparing my own uh, my own release and on my for for Life Engineered and everything that goes around that. And I'm I'm lucky enough that by working with Inkshares, they put me in contact with some people that have experience in these things. So I have people to ask questions. I'm actually going to contact the uh, the, the very friendly Kara Weston, who has been super good at doing uh, community stuff, and she's also proven that she's very good at doing live events. She's done some uh, some readings at cafes to to ask for more tips because that kind of stuff is kind of my my weak point. There's a lot of things that are expected of authors that are not writing. And I think most of these things are not things that I am exactly either good or like to do. And they terrify me. Um, I mean, I've talked about how, I mean, I'm, I'm a fairly competent public speaker. You, you give me a crowd and I can talk to them. No problems. I can actually be entertaining. Um, but you give me a crowd where I have to read my own book to, and this just sounds like a nightmare to me. So I just wanted to talk about all these things, like the, 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 the book tour. What, what is that? Right. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not. Oh, I thought totally... you were going to be a resource about this. Well, okay. You want me to be a re- Okay. Well, um, well, I only have the little bit of experience that I have have personally been to other you know book book tour stops i guess i don't know where they are. but uh, j- just to give you a bit of a background to how ignorant i am about these things i've never really been to a book signing i'm not someone who uh, ascribes much importance to signed materials and a few years ago while i was writing uh, a draft of a book the person that does my uh, my dev edits when i'm not working with ink shares told me that she had just gone to a book signing by George R. R. Martin and that he did a reading. 
And he said, what do you mean? And she explained, oh, he sat in front of us and read to us. And that gave me chills of terror because I hadn't never, I never considered what goes around just writing a book. Well, yeah, you sit down and you're you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got a cool story in my mind. I want to try to get it down and out of out of my head and give it some life, you know. And uh, for me, just like you said, I never thought about any of that stuff. Like I, I, when I was sitting down to write this book, I was doing it because I was like, like you said earlier, yeah, I can do that. Um, and and I didn't have any other kind of, I didn't have any other kind of um drive other than just wanting to be able to do it and getting the idea out of my brain you know and that's where i was for a long time like uh last year just uh 2014 i should say because you know we're early 2016 in um 2000 well actually i take that back it was the no it was it was december 2014 we had this training at my work okay and um we did this thing where they talked about big rocks you know and your little rocks so you take all your you take all your Big rocks, and this is sounds silly when I'm saying it, but uh, as I was, you know, learning about it, it made sense. You take all your big rocks in life, like your family, your friends, your job, your religion, or whatever, right? And you put all your big lo- rocks inside of this jar, okay? And if you do that, you have room for all your little rocks. And if you take your little rocks, which is like all the other stuff, you know, all the other like not important, not less important things. And if you put those in first, and then you try to put your big rocks in, it won't. They won't all fit. But if you put your big rocks and you make them first, then you put your 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 little rocks will all fit around the big rocks. Does that make sense? I know that's really kind of an interesting, a uh, different type of way of putting it. But what I'm getting to is this. I decided I need to make this book a big rock. I need to change it from a little rock, which is something that I was just working on here and there. And, and I actually was finishing it up. I knew I'd be finished within, you know. Well, let's see. No, I'd actually finished already at that point. Um, I was like, you know, I'm going to make this important and I'm going to really try to pursue getting it uh, getting it out there to people. Even And I was um, contemplating using something like CreateSpace or uh, some print-on-demand book service because I was like, you know, I just want to see what it's like. I just want to see if it, if it has any interest. Just see if it has any, you know, legs to stand on. So, uh, but luckily... I um happened to fall into this contest last year and I I'm, I achieved my my goal, my big rock. I mean, I, I made it I made it happen. So as a kind of um as kind of a bonus, I get to do this kind of stuff, you know. I get to do all the other stuff, which is I find interesting, but I I'm just have no idea either. Uh but I've been to a couple of uh book signings or well, a book Can you tours. tell me what they're like? Because like yeah. I have I have a lot of friends who are aspiring writers, very much like you and I. Actually, maybe even less than you and I. But I mean, they've already got the color of M and M's they want in their dressing room picked. And I I don't like they they have a very clear idea of how they're going to live the author life, uh, even more of an idea of that than they have of what they want to write. Meanwhile, I. I have a book coming out in a month and I have no idea what's everything else entails. So well, what, what, what's, what, what's, what is, well, I'll give you from, one of these things. Well, let me give you a perspective. Uh, some, per, let me put things in a little bit of perspective. Like my friend, we'll just continue using her as an example. Okay. My friend Kira Cass, um, wrote this, uh, first book on her own, published it on her own. And, you know, I, the first book signing that I went to or, or book thing that I went to from her, she was uh, in town visiting because her parents still live here in South Carolina. Um, she was in town visiting her parents and she just tweeted, hey, I'm going to be up at the Barnes & Noble. Come on out if you want to hang out. you know." And I know she had put the book out and I had bought a copy on uh, on uh, from Amazon. And uh, I just went up there and took it to her and it was just her. And we just sat around like in the um, the uh, coffee shop up there, just chatted and hung out. And finally, at the last second, I was like, "Hey, you got to sign my book because you're my friend, and why not?" You know, just kind of being silly. So she did, and from there, it has grown. And um, I'll I, I'll continue using her. She actually has someone that goes around with her, like a uh, a handler. A handler. Yeah, she has a handler, and um, she goes around with her, and she just makes sure she's where she needs to be and doing what she needs to do. But I mean. Obviously, we, well, I don't know about you, but I'm probably not going to have a handler. Um, but maybe, 
maybe, but who knows? My wife might be my handler, but you know, here's, that- here's the funny thing is, um, you don't get to decide. No. I don't get to decide. It's no. completely, it's something that's completely out of our hands. I mean, the, the only thing you and I can do is just write the books that we write. Right. And if they take off to the point where we need to be to places where we need handlers, then that happens. Right. And, <laughs> And this is the dichotomy of my life where I want that level of freedom to write, but I don't but you, exactly want to reach that level of celebrity, I guess, where I need a handler. Right. So ha- have you been to any other of her book launches yes. since she's done that? How, how, do, how do those happen? What is, what's the structure of one of those? Okay. Well, um, the is as... Well, let's see here. How can I get started? So, well, to put it this way, I was I sat her, uh, I sat down with her um, after one of her um, book launches, and I was like, you know, we just kind of chatted about everything, and I kind of just asked her, you know, how is this for you? Is it weird? She's like, yeah, it's so weird, you know, because just like you said, you're like, I'm, I'm terrified to do this, but I can tell you that the structure of the actual event kind of went like this. Okay, um, she was somewhere. That was in the building. You know what I'm saying? She was somewhere in the building, like being handled, I guess, you know, just off hidden. Okay. And um, the book, the, it was a, well, we've done this in two settings, a small bookstore and then a larger, like a chain, like a Barnes and Noble type thing. Okay. I've seen it done um, in a couple settings. Okay. So the smaller bookstore, she's off in some back room somewhere and the bookstore just fills up. You know, she says, uh, uh, she sends out or, or the, you know, everybody sends out their, stuff their information it's happening at this time so the bookstore fills up they actually sat out some seats you know maybe like five rows of like 10 or 15 or 10 rows of about five or eight seats right people come in they sit down they they look around the bookshop they kind of hang out and you know she just waits around until it's a little bit late she's kind of a little bit late and then she comes out and what she does is she just said you know hey how's it going i'm glad you guys could come out you know and it's it's awesome and um she did question and answers she didn't do a reading at that particular event in fact i don't think i've seen her do a reading um she oh, did she does q a now i'm not saying she do doesn't but a QA implies that people have read the book right yes. right yeah that's mm. true um but you know you don't even have to necessarily uh do anything like that you know and then well let, let's say you do a reading jf okay so you do your reading and then you just kind of chat with people like she just you know people got their book signed and as they came up, she just talked to them, you know, or or that's all I would think. You just kind of talk to people and you just, Hey, thanks for coming out. And, uh, you know, really appreciate blah, 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 all that stuff. uh, All that stuff I'm sure you're aware of, but you know, just building the, the community, just building the relationships is what I'm trying to get to. Just making sure that the people who are there, you, you feel appreciated. That's, that's my goal anyway, if I have one of these things and, you know, just make it feel special for them because it's something they're coming out to support you with, which is, you know, something that's that you would like to do. But, uh, you know, I would think that having a book tour would be kind of cool, but it would also be kind of stressful because, you know, I, I, I get like stressed out by things like where I have to I, I, I my expectations get built up. And then if nobody shows up, I feel crazy. You know what I mean? So I, that's one yeah, thing I I'm that. a little afraid of, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Like I've I've organized events in the past, and I have organized some very successful events and some very failed events. But these were all things that I knew the uh, the expected structure of. Right. And even the failed events, to a certain degree, were almost relaxing because so it's disappointing that no one shows up. But no one shows up, so you the moment you realize oh it's failed, everything becomes relaxed because then you don't have any obligations anymore. Um, I, 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 it's, it's from the sound of it. It seems like I'm making a big deal out of something that's really just showing up and chatting with people. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I mean, that's what I've seen. You know, you just have a good time, just relax, you know, people are there. If, if people are there, they're, they're there to support you. You know, you don't have to be stressed out about it and you could, you could even tell them, Hey, listen, I would love to do a reading Except for it makes my nerves go crazy and I just really can't, you know. <laughs> I mean, people will understand, I think. You, you don't have to go as far as to telling them, actually. But if you felt like it would make you feel more comfortable, you know. 
Oh, I, I have a feeling because the, the reason why I'm bringing up the readings is not really just coincidental. It's not just about my one of my friends saying that she you know listened to a reading from a very famous author but a lot of people that i talked to have mentioned that when it's your first book when it's a book that you're just now uh putting out um it's a reading is a good idea one of the uh, one of the advice i got from uh, like i don't want to you know, use his name just because I don't know where he stands on that. But one, uh, one of the authors I talked to who gave me tips about that, about the reading says, you know, pick your favorite part of the book and read that so that the, 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 the audience can hear your passion for your book through your reading. And that will help them understand. Like it, it, if they'll see how much you love the book and through through that, they'll love the book and they'll want to buy it. Well, that's a good idea. So in a way, as much as I hate the idea of doing a reading at the same time as a marketing guy, I really recognize the necessities, the necessity of it. Well, you know, uh, I, th I think that um, your friend hit a, hit a good point, you know, the other author. You know, if you can show how much you love it, then, you know, these other people who are passerbys per se, just they're shopping or whatever, uh, they may be like, yeah, maybe I'll check this out. It's kind of cool. And you know, as a as a as someone who goes in the bookstore, um, pretty regular regularly, uh, I can say if if there's somebody there, I'm like, I want to check it out. I'm like, who is that? What is this guy doing? What's going on? You know. So I think that it's not a bad thing. But I, and I also kind of go, I in my mind, I kind of think, well, is reading a necessity? Like. I don't think it is. I think what happens what happened is that a long ago somebody was like, you know, I'm going to do a book thing inside of a store, and um, what can I do to uh, kill some time and maybe bring some people over? And somebody was like, why don't you read some of your book? And it's like, yeah, okay, maybe I'll do that. You know, I, I don't think that it's so much of a a necessity as almost like a uh, traditional. tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean. Who knows, man? Who knows? But I, here's what I do know, that um, no matter what you do, I think that uh, the people that come out, they're going to be there and they're going to be on your side and, you know, they're going to want to see you be successful. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's the, the one reassuring bit is that for the first book launch, regional like that, these are mostly going to be people that are my peeps. They are my my friends, my families, my acquaintances, people who have supported the book. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of confident that it will be a quote unquote safe place for that kind of, that kind of activity. Right. It's just, hmm, uh, well, we'll see. I have other events that are not necessarily the book launch in, I, I, I know we're looking at a comic book store and that's, that I know is going to be slightly alien. I'm hoping at least a few of my buddies can show up for that one, but yeah, cool. and it's, 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 uh, it, as much as I find the actual writing process, yeah, the the, you know what I'm here's what I'm I'm gonna put it like this way. When I first wrote the the Life Engineer and Gone in the Shed and the other books that I've written so far, the writing process was surprisingly fun for me. Ever since I wrote my first fifty thousand book for NaNoWriMo to try out writing a full book, I was shocked and surprised. And how much fun, how relaxing, and how good it was for me to write the book. The next step was having better readers and getting the book edited. And I've had bad experiences with that. But my recent experience working with actual professional editors with Ink Shares and Girl Friday Production has shown me that I can actually love the editing process. I now, now I crave it. One of the main reasons I want to get A God in the Shed published at the 750 pre-order level is because the editing process, which I used to dread, I ended up just enjoying so much because it just took something I made, something I loved, and made it better. So right now, my next step is another thing I dread. But I have to look at it kind of with the optic that it could turn out to be another editing. It could be another thing that I'm afraid of right now, but I might end up just loving. I just right. have to kind of experience it. Right. That it's makes total sense. So far out of my zone of comfort. So just for fun, I was looking to see if there were any events at the local in Indigo 
uh, bookstore to see if I could go like witness something, be a fly on the wall and see what's going on. Right. And I'm scrolling down the event list to see if there's anything in Montreal. And there's nothing in Montreal, but I do find a uh, there, there's something on May 4th and May 5th in Ontario, in Brampton and Oshawa, a in-person uh, visit from uh, Kira Cass. Really? For her book, Crown. Nice. That yeah, you know what? That comes out the same day as Ageless. So, you know, that's weird, right? It comes out on the May 3rd, same day as Ageless. So I'm tempted to drive down there and uh buy a copy of Ageless. Yeah, tell her that you know me and uh and, she'll and be like, Oh my gosh. You. Yeah, she'll be like, That's weird. That's uh, weird. Go away, strange man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, hmm, interesting. You're buying a uh a a uh, a young adult book about a a princess <laughs> no i said i'd buy ageless oh there you go yeah there you go. i'd buy your book in her face <laughs> you're like hey this book came out on yesterday too <laughs> your, uh, your book looks nice but this one looks better yeah you know what'd be funny if you did that she'd be like i know that guy that's weird <laughs> oh cool I, i'd have her sign your book yeah that'd be funny that'd be funny <laughs> so i i i think we've uh we, we've had, I think this is the end of uh, JF's therapy hour, where uh, where we look at JF's anxieties and try to work through them so he can have a successful book launch. But you know what? You're, you, you're so, well, not so much further ahead than me, but you're a little further ahead than me. And uh, this, is, uh, this is great for me. I get to, you know, get all this stuff out before I have to really start worrying about it. So, um I mean, it's great. And then those yeah, of you listening, I love being I'm the sure. trailblazer and the guinea pig for you guys. It's <laughs> super fun. All right, I think you're going to be the first one actually. Uh, aren't, isn't Life Engineered the first actual publication from the those five, six books from the Sword and Laser? Yes, it is. And I don't remember. I, th- I th- want to say that uh, The Glorious Derek is the second book from yes, uh, I mean, the Asteroid Made of Dragons. Yes, yeah. he's his book is coming out on April fifth, if I'm not mistaken. Really, just a few days after yours. Mine is coming no, wait. out. Sorry, March first. March. So sorry, it's, it's a little over a month after. I was thinking April first. Sorry, I don't know why. Um, but April fifth is my birthday. Oh, so I'm, well, I'm I'm gonna treat myself to his book. To his book. Nice. So uh, let me ask you this: with your book coming out in a little over a month, what is the word on um, uh, your backers? Have they started receiving copies or their uh, or their um, their digital downloads? Or I mean, I know that some of the books that InkShares has put out, they've they've sent it, tried to send it to their backers early. Um, so far, no. The uh, the book, I don't think the printed books, the, the books are at the printer, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, so as for the the actual digital versions, they are proofed. They are approved. The e the ebook version, the Kindle version. Everything's approved by everyone involved, so they're ready to go. Uh, so it's it's really in Inkshare's hands as to when they actually want to pull the trigger on that. Nice, that's awesome. The, however, if uh, I mean to our listeners, here's the thing: if you have pre-ordered the Life Engineered, and I, I am authorized by Inkshare's to do this, if you have pre if you have pre-ordered the Life Engineered, and you would like an advanced digital copy, I'm author- authorized to send one to you. I'll send you one to you, Paul, in exchange for a day one review of the book. Meaning okay. that is on uh, on March first, you have you will have read the book. If you like it, you go on Amazon, give it five stars, and write a review because that is good for um, for rankings on Amazon. It's good for all the SEO and all that weird internet mumbo jumbo that helps sales. So. I will start slowly pushing harder for people to do that kind of thing. That's cool. I will definitely take one, and I will leave you a scathing review. No, well, here's the thing. If oh, you it's got to like be a good it, review. <laughs> yeah, if you like it, review it and rank it. If you don't like it, keep that to yourself <laughs> or just, em- email me your that. complaint, but don't tank my rankings no. immediately. No, give me, no. give me a fighting chance. And you know what? Uh, I what what you were talking about earlier with Kara is that what she sent out in the update today about uh, the March first about you're working with her for a March. You're to get okay. into the lists. Is that what it is? 
Um, okay, is that what you're talking about earlier? It, it may very well be. Here's what I oh, do okay. with updates from Inkshare. I don't read them during the day. I read them before going to bed because That's cool. I get 10 a day. Yes, I, want to I say get a lot average. of them too. Yeah. And I mean, some of them are really short, so I can just skim through them really quickly. But a lot of them, usually Kara's, because she's a writer and she likes to write, can be lengthy. So I want to take the time to read those. Not too long this time, so I'll give you okay. a heads up. Not too long. Um, in fact, she was saying in her update that uh, she's got to start buckling down because she's helping people and she's like got to do her own thing now that she's in the quilt so. i i have been wondering when does kara write because <laughs> of the amount of time she spends organizing things but like like i said earlier in the podcast i'm gonna i'm gonna need to uh to tap on her shoulder and ask for help for for organizing my event because i think she's got probably some good tips yeah yeah so paul yes sir where can people find you on these internets? Where where do you want to send people so that you can get some more visibility and uh, and, and get Ageless to a roaring start when it releases? Um, you can check out my website, www.paulinmansc.com, P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N-S-C.com. And if you'd like to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, they are both at Paul Inman, S-C, P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N-S-C. And um, you can search Facebook for Ageless by Paul Inman. And yeah, inkshares.com. Just search for Ageless. And um, yeah, help help a brother out. You know, pre-order some, well, I guess it's still pre-order. I was going to say pre-order, which is what it is. But, you know, I was thinking about the, uh, I mean, um, oh my gosh, I am, I am tired, JF. I can't even think. But I, uh, I, I, you know I what I'm saying. You, those of you yes. out there, you guys know. If you made it this far, then you know you're a trooper. You know what I mean. Anyway, JF, same thing, buddy. Are you going to tell everybody about you? Sure, absolutely. What Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to jfdubo.com. That's jfdubeau.com. Right there, that's my website. You're going to find if you want, if you want to know about those uh those little toy soldiers I paint, there's a miniature page with galleries with all the stuff I've painted so far. Well, not all of it, but some of it. And you can see what I'm talking about. Uh, there's a book page where you can look at uh, what I'm doing with my books. So far, obviously, it's mostly life engineered and God in the shed. If you haven't uh, pre-ordered God in the shed, do me a favor pre-order it it's it's neat i've gotten some really good compliments uh in the last two days about it from very competent cut writers so i'm really stoked about getting that one off the that's ground that's cool and there's also that's that's where you'll find right brain and any other podcasting endeavors i'm doing so jeffdubo.com <laughs> well jeff until next week until next week paul cheers man <laughs>